Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, we're back. Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio. Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. As always, I think it's going to be a fun show and very practical. So we are showing people how they've got to think and sometimes in their own minds, selling themselves on themselves and a lot of that mumbo jumbo that goes on in our heads. So looking forward to clearing the air and helping them get a killer start to 2018. So what we have done is we've written down 20 phrases, 20 words that you should never say. And I have to say, we've pulled most of these phrases from, uh, you know, our Facebook page, from emails we get, from coaching calls. So there is actual power to the words that you say and the phrases that you use. And a lot of you use these phrases pretty much all day long without really knowing it. And so I was going to come up with a little bit more of an obnoxious title, big surprise, for today's podcast called 20 loser phrases, but I decided not to. So we've tempered it a little bit. Uh, Julia, I'll have to check what the nicer name is, but the gist of it's still the same. The idea is that you should really check yourself. And when you hear yourself using any of these phrases, you really need to stop yourself from using these phrases because they are very, I think they're indicative of what's actually going on in your head. So when you say something, and we're going to go through the 20 top ones you have to stop saying, actually, Julie and I worked on it, it's going to be 21. When we go through these, you're going to say, oh, shit, I say that. Or you're going to say, I think that. Or I know somebody that says that all the time. And then what I want you to do is when you see that phrase or you hear that phrase, hear us say it, what I want you to think to yourself is, do I say that? Then what is the cost to me for saying that? Do I believe that? Or is that just some sort of local colloquialism that I've gotten used to saying? A lot of us fall prey to that type of thinking. I mean, Julie and I, you know, we often get accused of false humility. And, you know, the truth is, is that we probably do have a lot of false humility because we have a lot to brag about. But what we're from in Ohio, you don't brag, you know, you brag in Ohio. That means that, you know, you're going to piss your neighbor off. And when your snow get, your house gets covered with 14 feet of snow, he's probably not going to come over and help you unbury yourself. So where we're from, there's a natural, uh, I would say, um, there's natural inclination to uh, not uh, try to piss your neighbors off. And you guys get it if you're from the Midwest, you know what I'm talking about. When people say Midwesterners are different, that's a lot to do with it because we're much more dependent on each other. So we don't like to necessarily say things or do things that might offend other people. It's not political correctness, believe me. It's just more what Julie just said, manners. But anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to go through these 20 things. And I want you guys, to, 21 things. And I want you guys to really listen to what we're saying. And I want you to ask yourself, do you say these things? And if you do, I want you to really consider stop saying them because they are having a very significant detrimental effect on the results that you're getting, not just in your business, but in your personal life. But before we get to point number one, Julie, I think you have some book reviews. Oh, a couple announcements. Um, this podcast is now number, it's gravitating between number 10 and number 15 on all of iTunes in the training section. And that's amongst thousands of different podcasts around the world. So thank you for helping make the podcast so successful. And the podcasts that are uh, you know, have more listeners or ones that have a larger general audience and Bloomberg news and things like that. But in any event, that's a huge success. And thanks to all of you. Number two, thank you for continuing to make Harris rules, the number one international bestseller that it is. Um, 
I'm sorry, guys, we're never going to get sick of saying that. So <laughs> get used to hearing it. Um, and but thank you for, uh, you know, helping that to become a, a lifelong accomplishment of a dream for Julie and I. The audio book is selling like hotcakes. That's actually outselling the paperback. That doesn't surprise me. I never buy paperbacks personally. Um, but yes, go download the audible version of the book. Uh, great reviews on the gal that uh, worked uh, Beth who did the, uh, the book reading for us. Julie and I didn't do it. She's a professional and she's, man, she's good. So go listen to that book. It's, uh, I think, what is it, Julie, 10 or 15 or 20 bucks or something? Go to amazon.com. And remember, we've sold literally, you know, thousands and thousands, over 10,000, I don't even know how many, I haven't looked, of these books, of the Kindle version, of the audiobook version. But we have yet to have 300 five-star reviews. Yes, I know I'm being greedy. Most books that have been on Amazon forever don't even have 50 five-star reviews. Um, but I'm really hoping all of you guys will help us get to 300 five-star reviews. Um, I was told by publishers that once you get to 300 five-star reviews, the book starts getting um, shared a lot more on Amazon, by Amazon, uh, free promotion, basically. So help us get there. I'd really appreciate it. something fun. Um, yeah. So guys, listen, we're going to go into point number one here in a second. But before we do, Julie, um, please acknowledge someone. I think it's either a client or a, a book purchaser. Go for it. Yeah, this is a book review from somebody named Lore or Lori. Um, let's see. Writes, if you're looking to be coddled and a book to reaffirm your limited easy button thinking, look elsewhere, my friend. I love this review. Uh, this book is straight up, all fact, no nonsense, step-by-step -step guide on how to get from where you are to where you want to be, even if you're at zero. I'm not even licensed yet, but this book has already helped me set up my business plan. One of the things that keeps me up at night is knowing that pursuing an entrepreneurial career means giving up a sense of financial stability for my family and not having a bulletproof business plan ain't happening. Tim and Julie's podcast and book are pre <coughs> excuse me, are a pre-licensed essential, don't start out by being behind. I already know my magic number for the market I'm going to sell in, how much I need to earn to live the lifestyle that my family deserves, and what I need to do to get rich, like stupid rich. Y'all are the truth. Thank you. I can't wait to get my license. I'm no longer scared of not knowing what to do or where to start because the podcast and this book. Next step, get my pass my test and start coaching. So thank you for that. Someone who gets it even before they're out of the gates. Uh, another one writes, my manager recommended it to me. I ordered it. It was delivered. I devoured it. Rereading a second time. Such great practical information. And then a third quick one, a must read for any real estate agent that wants to be successful, period. So I could go on because it makes me feel good, but you guys get the gist. Uh, if you haven't gotten your book yet, Amazon.com, super easy to order either download, Audible, or hard copy, super easy to do. And you can see from your colleagues the impact it's already making. Whether you are experienced or not, these are the rules to follow that we have learned from literally hundreds of thousands of coaching calls and thousands of our own personal transactions. So don't reinvent the wheel, just get the book. Back to you, Tim. So, Miss Julie, you want to uh, let them know the new books that we're working on. We're working on multiple books. I'll announce the first couple, then you can announce the one you're probably going to have done in the next few months. These yeah. books are all based. These books are all based on again our coaching experience, knowing what resonates, knowing what, frankly, information we have that will get you guys down the road the furthest, the fastest. Um, so, you know, we're taking a maximalist, uh, maximalist uh, approach to everything, which means basically getting you to your goal as fast as possible. So the next book that we're going to be coming out with, book, it, it, um, your book, Julie, is a – describe it, please. I think you're referring to the business journal to keep them on track, and it is based on the rules. So many of you guys struggle with your scheduling, your calendar, your time management, tracking your leads, and all the rest. So we're going to put it in one piece for you to easily track and you know, follow your goals and make sure that you are doing this on a daily basis. 
So that's one. We're also working on Harris Rules of Investment and Finance. Well, specifically. We'll probably the next one. Yes, go ahead. But hover there. So specifically, the the next book. Now, this the, the journal book is where you guys are going to be able to go every single day. There's a lot of journal books out there. Julie's been buying them like crazy uh, for inspiration. And what we're going to be doing is making one that's around Harris Rules. Uh, so second announcement, right. actually, uh, the next book after that is going to be about money. So finance, Julie said finance, but Julie, don't say finance that intimidates people. Me. But money, that's everybody true. likes. Money's better. <laughs> so it's, it's not about, about finance. It's not about finance. We're not going to tell you guys how to budget and all that crap. Oh, who wants to know that? Nope, we're going to talk to you about money. So that's the next book. And then we're also going to come out with another book. Uh, this is definitely Julie and I getting ahead of our skis. It's going to be about health. Um, but it's not going to be called that. But you guys get the gist of it. And all these books are going to be designed and written in the same manner in which we wrote Harris Rules, which is going to cut through all the fluff. Cut through, and There's not going to be any of this new age trope. That, Yeah, no, no new age trope. No pontificating about, you know, semi-spiritual hippie crap nope we're just going to cut through all of it and we're going to give you guys all of our books by the way and this is a hard freaking goal to accomplish you guys think it's uh, you know it's easy to write a long book because you can just ramble on and tell stories it's hard to write a book where it cuts through all the mickey mouse and just gets to it so one of the um the tenets of the books that we write is we want all of them to be less than 200 pages. Why? Because there's all kinds of statistics out there that show that most people never read the books that they buy. Um, you know, and I get that. I used to buy books that I wouldn't read, but I listened to all my books. So, you know, that's probably the reason I'm so addicted to Audible. But so the bottom line is the next books that we write are all going to be books that are designed so you guys can knock them out in probably three or four hours, you know, and if you listen to them the same amount of time. So that's the goal. Again, we are going to create a library for uh, budding entrepreneurs, for successful entrepreneurs. And this is going to be part of our personal legacy of things, you know, we've learned from, it's really guys, it's, I have to say, we've learned so much from coaching, so many, so much from coaching, so many successful people. You know, it's easy to talk about the how-tos. And you guys will notice that all of our shows and our books, they don't pivot towards the 10 ways to feel happy now. We don't really do a lot of that because that shit's easy to talk about. It's easy to write about. There's so many people out there. Again, I touched on this earlier, this new age trope, the, you know, the people that like to talk about the self-help, the motivation, all that type, type of stuff. That is so easy to talk about because there's so much content out there that people steal and just recreate for themselves and say they came up with it. We don't like to take that stance because in our opinions, and by the way, it's being proven scientifically, a lot of that stuff is just utter garbage. It's just mental masturbation that actually doesn't move the needle. It makes you feel good temporarily, but because there's no action behind it, there's no actual result and you don't get any real long-term benefit. So when you read something that we write, it's just this show is a good example of it. We're not just going to tell you the you know pretty shiny things. We're going to give you guys the nitty gritty stuff. We're going to make it so you can cut through the, your own BS. Uh, because again, we're t approaching everything we do from a coach's perspective. When we're on coaching calls, it's completely different from a presenter. It's completely different from a motivational speaker. A motivational speaker wants to make you feel good. Okay. We don't. I mean, we, if you feel good, great. But if you don't, what well, chances are it's because we hit a nail on the head. That's something you need to be dealing with. Because our approach, and we're never going to change this, is going to be that of a coach. And a coach is designed to basically make you uncomfortable. A you know, I wrote this down, and I'm really hesitant about saying this because I haven't phrased it out yet, but I think it's true. You know, Julie and I are thinking about getting possibly in the next three or four years a gold, or I'm sorry, a, a shepherd. I haven't talked Julie into it yet, but... I'm starting to basically send her pictures, a red shepherd, and I want to name him Elmo. Okay. So that's as far as we've gotten, <laughs> you know? So, um, 
And I was thinking about training, you know, the shepherd, oh my gosh, having to housebreak another dog and go through all the pains and frustrations of going through all that. And I thought that is exactly like what coaching is. And I thought about a coaching call I'd had that day because I have to slow sell Julie into something like that. It's going to probably take me a year or two before she's actually going and looking shepherd puppies with me. But still that happens until that happens rather, you know, it's going to be me telling her all the benefits of shepherds. You guys get it. If you've been married for, you know, we've been married for almost 30 years and you know, you work out strategies to get what you want. <laughs> so um, sometimes coaching is just like training a puppy. Sometimes a puppy will poop on the floor and you have to take that dog and you have to put his nose in the poop in order for him not to realize or not to do what he just did again. Right. And that's what coaching is sometimes. And nobody wants to say that, but it's true. If you're continuously doing something dumb and you're leaving a pile of dumb on the floor, a coach's job is not to make you feel good. Whoa! A coach's job is to take it, put, have you put your nose in it so you realize that was not what you should be doing, so you stop doing it. And that's a lot more work for us. It's a lot more work for us on this podcast. Again, look around, guys. Everybody else is just trying to make you feel good. We want you to feel good as a result, as a result of the results that you get from taking actions. You don't deserve to feel good for a long period of time if you haven't taken the actions to learn how to be of service to other people. If you haven't accepted the fact that long-term ever-increasing success is about doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And so that's our approach. It's the complete opposite of, I don't know of anyone else that's taking this approach with trying to help people move the ball forward. Everyone else is going the easy path, which is basically, you know, even Tony Robbins, all these people, they're always talking about all this motivational stuff because it's easy to make people feel a certain way for a short period of time. It's difficult to give people the drill down information that helps them to cause permanent change in their lives. That's what we do. You know, that's what we are. That's our, that's our prerogative. That's our directive. That's what we're going to continue to do. So as Julie goes through this list today, if some of this sounds a little harsh or you find yourself being a little offended, whenever you find yourself being offended, don't just allow the emotion of feeling offended to overwash you. So you stop thinking and you start feeling attacked and you start becoming a victim. When you feel offended in any way, I want you to stop and ask yourself if that's an appropriate reaction, emotional reaction, and whether or not that uh, uh, emotional reaction is helping you or hurting you moving your uh, life forward. And we're going to give you better, more drilled down examples. Julie, before you get to point number one, I want to remind everyone that if you've not yet registered to receive your free business planning uh, coaching call, your free coaching call, just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. You can speak directly with one of our new member coaches. Um, they're also going to give you five free books. The one that really you guys all should have completed by now, definitely, is the Real Estate Treasure Map. And that is your fill-in-the-blank business plan. It's 50-some pages, but it's the real honest-to-God approach to your business. Some of you, I'm 99% of you will have never uh, take an approach like that to any aspect of your life, what we're asking you to do in the real estate treasure map, uh, because it's going to really force you to drill down on every single, you guys think getting a mortgage nowadays is difficult. What we want you to do, and I'm just, again, we're being honest here, not trying to rah-rah you, we're trying to give you the information that's actually going to have a great impact on your life. That's what the real estate treasure map is about, but it does take effort. It does take time. It does take you maybe having difficult conversations with yourself, let alone your spouse, about spending, about savings, about all the other things in life that make it so that it, at the end of the day, at the end of the week, month, and year, you actually are incredibly proud of what you've accomplished in your business. So Julie, you want to just jump to point number one? Yes, you got it. So these are things that you may or may not be saying out loud. Sometimes you're just saying it in your head. 
And sometimes you're being influenced by hearing it come out of someone else's mouth. So those are three ways to look at this. These are things to erase, erase from your own vocabulary. Number one, and we hear this so many times on coaching calls and in emails, I'm too busy, busy, busy. I'm too busy. So here's the question, are you busy or are you productive? Do you know the difference? So we talk about that a lot in the Harris Rules book as well as the treasure map. But stop saying I'm too busy. What if your clients heard you say that over and over? I'm too busy. Well, you must be too busy for me, right? Sometimes you act that way subconsciously. You're too busy. That's why you don't call people back. That's why you send everybody to voicemail. That's why sometimes coaches call for your guys' free coaching call, and it says their voicemail is full. And yet the topic of the call was supposed to be, I need more leads. <laughs> okay, that always cracks us up. So stop saying I'm too busy. Erase. Anything you want to add to that, Tim? It's one of my own personal well, pet peeves. Yes, yeah, so a lot of these you guys are going to see are all going to circle around, and here's where the offensive word comes in, making, rationalizing and making an excuse to be lazy. We, yeah, again, we're going to hit through these first, I'm looking at them, five or six points. I want you to run them by the filter of, am I just being lazy? So when you say, I'm too busy, isn't I'm too busy just basically a fancy way, a modern, acceptable, almost politically correct way? Because, oh my God, I'm so busy too. How do you get anything done? Blah, 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 blah. Look how the world reinforces the idea that you're too busy. But isn't the real answer like, all right, do you go to the gym? No, no, I'm too busy. No, you're just too lazy to go to the gym. Do you have your uh, real estate treasure map done, your business plan done for 2018? Oh, no, you kidding me? I'm too busy. No, you're just too lazy to get it done, right? Be hard on yourself, guys. Nobody else is going to be unless you're having one of us as your coach. Point number two, and this is very similar to point number one. And we see this on our private Facebook group, you know, which is ridiculous, but there you go. I'm overwhelmed. And overwhelmed just means that you're surrounded by opportunity and you are, you're almost afraid to start. You're almost afraid to like take the first step. Saying you're overwhelmed is very similar to saying I'm too busy. Now, again, I know what some of you are thinking. Oh my God, just you by, by you saying I'm too busy. And by you saying your point number two, I'm too overwhelmed. I'm starting to feel stress. I know some of you feel that way. I know some of you right now are so addicted to basically saying, you know, I'm too busy. I'm overwhelmed. And here's point number three. I don't have time. So point number one is I'm too busy. Two is I'm overwhelmed. And three is I don't have time. Aren't those all the exact same words that fall into the bucket of procrastination? Isn't the word procrastination just another word for lazy? Have you guys ever thought about it like that? When you hear your kids say or your spouse say or somebody that's working for you, anybody like that saying, I don't have time, I want you to start thinking to yourself, that person is just being lazy. Oh, Tim, that's too hard. Maybe they don't know how to manage their time. Maybe they don't know how, what to do, when to do it, when the other thing to do it. Well, here's the thing. If they're a member of our coaching program, or frankly, if they just listen to this podcast, we kind of, you know, de-riddled all of that. We've given you the solution to basically how to prioritize your day every day, how to prioritize your time every day. Real Estate Treasure Map, by the way, download that by going to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And if given this free information, in addition, if you're a premier coaching member, in your coaching program, you have so much incredibly powerful information. It's the culmination of 20 years worth of coaching, you know, drilled down, as, of course, as we do with everything. And if you still are using the excuse that I don't have time, I'm overwhelmed, I'm too busy, what you're really go what's really going on in your head, and if I had you on a coaching call, I would make you cut through your own bullshit and get to this, is you basically are just trying to look for excuses not to take the next step because you, who knows why? We're not going to Dr. Phil you. We're not going to look into the psychology of why you're rationalizing being lazy. 
What's the point of understanding why? Who cares? Just stop doing it. Who cares why you think the way you think? Who gives a rat's ass what happened forever ago that's causing you to think like you think? If what you're, how you're thinking and how you're behaving is resulting in a life that you don't want or aspects of a life that you don't want, you have access to the information that you need to change it. So if you're choosing not to change it, here's some psychological you know, stuff right here. If you're choosing not to go to the gym, it's not because you're too busy. It's not because you're overwhelmed. It's not, you know, if you're choosing not to prospect expires, if you're choosing not to save money, if you're choosing not to do certain behaviors that if you know you did do them would have a significant impact on your life. I'm, here's the one question. I always ask coaching clients this because it cuts through the bullshit. If you're choosing to do a behavior that you knowingly, that you know is bad for you or result in a negative outcome, the only reason, and you know an alternative path, you know, you know a different direction that you can go. The only reason that you're doing that is because you're getting a greater benefit from that bad behavior. And I'll prove it to you. I know this is a little obtuse, but stay with me, folks, and then we're going to get to point number four. If you are choosing to stay fat, if you're choosing to eat carbs, if you're choosing not to work out, if you're choosing basically to essentially be like, unfortunately, most of our country has become apathetic, overweight, grotesque, grotesquely overweight in some cases, bad health, just the whole thing. If you're choosing to live that life, when you know what you can do, how many books are written? What low-carb life, going to the gym, starting, how many books are written about that? How many podcasts? How many just billions? So it's not like you don't know. It's not like you don't know the first step. You just don't want to take it. You just don't want to do it. You just don't want to stop eating the crap. You just don't want to be forced to go to the gym. You don't want to do any of those things because the benefit you're getting of having the bad behavior is greater than what you perceive the benefit will be of changing the behavior. What are the benefits, Julie? And we've had this conversation before, and sometimes people don't like this, but what are the benefits? And I'm not saying they're benefits, logical benefits, but what are the benefits that someone has of being fat? Well, they don't have to work out if they're comfortable that way, or they've decided they are. They are not going to be looked at by others in such a way that they have to step up and say, present at the highest level. Maybe if they are single, they don't oh, have Julie, the pressure of you, dating. Okay. Or, You're being nice there. <laughs> so what do you mean that? I mean, what, 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 be honest, what do you mean? Okay. There's no conflict. So if some, they don't have to step up. If somebody is fat and they, what are you saying? They don't, you're telling me that they, I mean, that sounds very judgmental, Julie. You're telling me if somebody's well, fat and slovenly, they're doing it for, they're getting a benefit from that. What's the benefit? That sounds very judgmental. Well, they don't have to try very hard at anything, do they? Well, what do you mean? Well, so for example, if they knew that, uh, let's take the single person who's, who's overweight. Well, they don't have to uh, have the pressure of having great conversations on a date and being interesting and have, and dressing a certain way. They don't have all of that perceived pressure which is just piled upon the being fat part, right? It just, it's like it spins out of control. So, so they, you're saying nobody's going to look at them. They don't have that potential of, of having to, to, as I call it, stepping up. So what you're saying is that some cases, maybe subconsciously, people make themselves unattractive so that they can basically hide out. So they don't, if it's, yeah. there's guys, there were studies, there's studies done the that show that, there's studies done that a lot of women gain weight after they have a breakup. 
I don't think it'll surprise anybody. So why does that happen? That happens because they probably are trying to avoid intimacy. And by making themselves unattractive, men do this too, of course. But by making themselves unattractive, they'll be less likely to attract. Now, this is all done mostly subconscious. No one's actually going to tell you this. But when you study it and you be introverted about your own behaviors, you'll discover that a lot of the freakish, strange behaviors that you choose not to have, you're actually choosing to do them. You don't sit around and say, I'm going to over, you know, like somebody who drinks too much. And I'm not talking about whether alcoholism is or isn't a disease or anything like that. But somebody that chooses to drink too much, we're going to pivot away from the weight thing in case some of you are like way off the deep end now with <laughs> being offended. But it will make, we'll shift to talk about, let's call them alcoholics or people that drink too much. What's the benefit that they get? I've known plenty of alcoholics. So have you guys. Or if you don't believe it's a disease, I've known plenty of people that drink too much. Why do they choose to drink too much? If someone has a known drinking problem, the world starts, all their family, friends, everyone starts accepting or expecting a lot less from them. Oh, that's just drunk Uncle Bob. He just, you know, don't expect him to do anything. Or, you know, oh, that poor Bob, he doesn't really show up anytime or shows up late or shows up at all because he's an alcoholic because he drinks too much. So what's happening is Bob has figured out a nice, nice way. Bob can go around kind of like always kind of a little bit drunk and not ever have to deal with reality, never have to deal with whatever it is that, you know, basically all the rest of us have to deal with, you know, working and, you know, all that stuff, right? Well, Trials and tribulations of life. aggressive too? Tim, that, that people will walk on eggshells around Bob because, you know, we don't want to cross the line with him. You know, people use that as a subconscious little control mechanism, too, I think. We could, we could go as deep into this as you want, but I, I think you're right that there's some benefit to it. Whether people would admit to it or not, they wouldn't keep doing it if they didn't see that benefit. So I'm going to leave that with you because I got to get ready for premiere and I'll see everybody. Yeah. Tomorrow. Well, so the, sure. So the, so the person who is overweight, what's the benefit they get? Julie said it, right? They don't have to go to the gym. Guys, listen, I'm not overweight, but I promise you, I hate going to the gym. Hate it. You know, I don't No, no, no. Don't want to do it. But do it every day. Well, four days of the week. Julie as well. I would much rather not exercise. I would much rather uh, you know, eat what I wanted to eat when I wanted to eat it. Julie and I have basically, we have a, you know, keto, low carb, the whole thing. And I'd much rather have donuts and pizza. Trust me. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. But the truth is I would. And we don't. Why? Because we want the benefit of what happens when you don't eat like that, when you don't live like that. Everything's better. But I can understand why someone would choose to live like that. So it really starts with the idea that all your behaviors are a choice. So as we you know, go, continue to go down this list over the next day, I want you guys to think about the behaviors that you have that you don't like. Here's the takeaway. And this, I know, sometimes I've had these conversations with people who are not coaching clients like I am right now with about 112,000 of you. And some of you are going to be offended by this because you're not, I don't want to sound arrogant, but you're not ready for this kind of thinking because you are so enamored with the idea that things are out of your control and you're a victim. You're so enamored with the idea that alcoholism is a disease and if you're an alcoholic, you can't control it. You're so enamored with the idea that you have some kind of uncontrollable weight problem and the only way for you to fix it is through. You guys get the point? What if everything that happens in your life is a choice? You know, what if you're, for example, eating, overeating, you're choosing to be fat and unhealthy because you're getting greater benefit than what you know will happen as a result. You're just not willing to put in the work. You're just, you're just not, you'd rather have a pizza and not be healthy than you would basically go to the gym, eat better, and then be a better, you know, person in your life and for your family. You would rather basically make choices like that than you would make the harder choices. 
And when you, you know, this is the type of thinking that when you start realizing that I'm not saying everything in life is a choice because it's definitely not, but most everything in life is a choice. You have unbelievable control of how you're, how you live, how you feel, how you look, the wealth that you have or don't have. You have unbelievable control of that, but you have to start with the fact that you are absolutely not a victim. If you're listening to this podcast, you're not a victim. You know, you have some ability to listen to me, you know, talking about this topic here in Austin, Texas. You're all over the world. Most of you are in the United States. Chances are your life is going pretty damn good. So if there's some aspect of your life that you don't like, you know, don't say I'm too busy. Don't say I'm overwhelmed. Don't say I don't have time. You know, and we're going to go through more of these loser phrases tomorrow. The point is, is you do have the control. So here's your homework. Think about what behaviors that you're exhibiting in your own life. It could just be laziness, frankly. You know, it could just be you're just taking too long to get things done. It could just be that you know you're a chronic procrastinator. It could be something that's going to take a little bit more, well, a lot more work in some cases, losing 50 pounds. We've got coaching clients right now that are in the midst of losing weight, and I have mad respect for all of you guys. Just don't quit. I have, we have people, this is normal, that come to us that are, frankly, maybe a typical coaching client. We have two types of typical coaching clients. A newer agent, say maybe two years or less, and then the other big group we have are people that have been in the business for a long time, who frankly are pretty good, but they've never learned how to save or have a business discipline to the point where they've ever accumulated any net worth. And they find themselves in their 40s and their 50s and 60s, and they're looking down at their financial statements, and they're saying, what the hell happened? All this time got me, got by me. And then they listen to our podcast, and then they do the Homer Simpson, oh! and then they realize, well, guess what? They don't have more net worth because it was never a focus. You know, those of you guys who are starting the business now, you guys are in such an advantageous position, provided you just focus, follow one course until successful, and not allow yourself to be, you know, seduced by all the easy buttons that are constantly out there. But here's the thought I want all of you to have. This is your takeaway from the show today. And please feel free to email me, Tim at Tim and Please don't be offended that we were talking about the whole fat person thing. I know some of you guys treat overweight like some sort of you know disease some sort of like oh my gosh you should never talk about that but look guys if you start with the idea that whatever behavior whatever it is about your life that you don't like personal business relationships whatever it is and it does not matter you have crappy relationships with your family your spouse your kids you have crappy relationships with your you know your client it doesn't matter i want you to start with the one prevailing thought that all of that is your choice. Now, you could come across a shithead that you just you can't get along with, and that is the way it is. And you know, maybe the best thing to do is just basically remove those people from your lives. Family members or not, sometimes people just need purged sometimes. They're just not conducive to the long-term, you know, betterification. I just made that word up, of you. And I get that. So feel free to basically purge people from time to time. We certainly have. So the takeaway is. Look at yourself right now. It's still basically the beginning of the year. It's only the 15th of January, 2018. If you're listening to this in replay, don't you know, think this information is not still relevant no matter what year it is or what day it is. But here it is, the beginning of the year. You have a whole year ahead of you. What is it that you want to change? Guys, remember I told you at the top of this podcast, Julie and I are not trying to motivate you. We're not. Motivational speakers, I hate. I loathe them because they're just, for the most part, snake oil salesmen. They will never ask you to ask yourself the question I just asked you. They will never talk about, especially the way we just talked about it in front of a huge audience like we are right now, what we just did, because people will be offended. Be offended, like I said at the top of today's show, but don't let that be the end of the conversation that you have internally. Again, 
please seriously consider whatever it is about yourself, your lack of finances, your lack of savings, your lack of anything. And I want you to start with the idea that you are experiencing whatever it is that you're experiencing because you chose to, not because somebody did it to you. If you stop saying somebody did it to me and you start realizing that, you know, it is a choice, a behavior then can be changed. Get it? You guys understand? You see where we're going with this? It's not motivational necessarily, but it is empowering because you now have the ability to at least be on the path to making the proactive changes that, you know, have been eluding many of you. Or as is the case normally, you've essentially been on the right path, come off the right path, been on the right path, come off the right path. And we're going to do our best to keep you on the right path. So speaking of which, if you're not yet done so, please request your free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. If you need Julie and I for anything, we are available for podcast interviews. Uh, I forgot. Some of you are asking about book signing in uh, Austin at Book People. We're going to arrange that. I'm trying to, uh, frankly, I want to do it in March um, because that's Julie and I's birthday. It's the beginning of March. I was born on the 9th. She's on the 12th. And I'm hoping to do it as a part of our little birthday outing down in Austin so we can make a thing of it. So in any event, that's more information you need to know. But if you guys uh, are, I will be sending out an email and announcing it when we're doing the book signing. In the meantime, if you need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Guys, tune in tomorrow. Share this podcast with other people. Make this your personal revolution. This year is your comeback story, or this year is the year that you go to the next level. Help us help you. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.